right, Joanne, can you hear us? Are you recording this time? Yes. <laughs> Was that a also I am now? Yes. <laughs> you also appear to have rearranged your bedroom. I have. We've been very busy. Very nice. And I'm lit. You are. Speaking of which, I should probably turn the light on. Because it will get dark around me. I mean, not so much now. Not now. We're in week 73 of lockdown, and it's now the middle of summer. Allegedly. So they say. Quarantine. Week 73. It's been warm. Too warm. And dry. Except for that day when it rained. Please remain indoors. <laughs> there were a few spattering like the other day, but that was just before I decided to fuck up both my thumbs. Look at those beauties. Oh dear. <laughs> Who has two fucked up thumbs? Dan does. I are a pasty office worker now, and my hands are not used to manual labour. And I was doing lots of gardening <laughs> for several hours. I say several because that implies more than two, which it was just about. <laughs> it was two hours and two and a half minutes. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> hit, hit the nail, not the thumb. Hit the nail, not the thumb. <laughs> I, I scarified. I'm fairly sure you didn't scarify. I did. I scarified my lawn. Oh, wait, maybe you did then. I thought you were going oh. to talk about your thumbs. <laughs> Only in those specific places. Scarified, strimmed the edges, then... I cut it with the lawnmower. Then I watered the damn thing. Then I got my aerator out because I own an aerator now, which is a fucking useless piece of shit because the nuts aren't set right. So it doesn't matter which way you rotate the thing, it just undoes. So that's great. So I aerated the lawn. And then I scout sections of it that were very dead. And then I seeded. And then I watered again. Do you know what you need right now? <laughs> a job. Some mutant healing factor. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Remedial Nerding the podcast where four nerds force each other to watch something that they really should have already seen. Your friendly neighbourhood nerds this week are Dan, Nathan, Paul and me, Joanne. Remember, there's no such thing as a bad nerd. Hello and welcome to Remedial Nerding Season 7, Episode 5. This week is Heroes, S1E1, Genesis. I feel that... You know, I I picked this one because it's one of those sci-fi series that, as a nerd, you probably should have seen, which, you know, is the premise. But I feel that I also should have taken the Nathan route of Day of the Triffids, you need to watch all six parts of this, and just gone, do you know what? Watch the first six episodes and something might become fucking apparent. (laughs) Yeah, unlike The Walking Dead... This didn't really get many plot hooks into you and draw you in. It was... Things happen, the TV show. Yeah. Yeah. We watched through to episode two, and 
a little bit more is teased out and the characters are fleshed out a little more. And I'm presuming that episode three starts to really start to tie some of them together. But that's a three hour commitment to see what is about to happen. The trouble is, I watched it with my good lady friend who lovingly betrothed herself to me and wed. And we are now like, well, now we need to know what the fuck is going on. We're going to have to watch the entire season. And if we're going to do season one, we might as well do all four. (laughs) You've got Stockholm Syndrome. Is what you're telling me. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. <laughs> I didn't realise it survived season two. I didn't think it survived season two. I think it had a kind of Reichenbach Falls where it got increasingly weird and then just kind of petered out into nonsense in the fourth season. I've got an impression that there are diehard fans of it who want to kind of remake the last season to be an actual ending. This uh. could be all nonsense. Are you sure you're not confusing heroes with Lost? Because I feel that is how Lost fans feel as well. To be fair, it's also how Game of Thrones the, the, fans Well, feel. the very top note on my back of a bank statement that I wrote all this on was that this is peak 2006 television. This is what <laughs> everything was like in 2006. It was prestige TV. Yeah, nothing needs to make sense. I don't know how to pronounce the word prestige with alternating uppercase and lowercase, but that's what it is in my mind. <laughs> the technical term for that is camel case yeah I like that what's snake case then I've heard that is that just all lowercase or is that normal writing where there's a I think that's normal writing where you have like a bump at the beginning yeah. and then it all just goes that's a real low. phrase isn't it welcome to remedial nerding where we talk typeface and font <laughs> <laughs> okay snake case is where you put underscores between spaces for programming reasons. Oh. I've fallen off the opposite end of the distribution of how much I like to program and how willing I am to discuss it. <laughs> what, that you didn't enjoy it, so you're not going to talk I about it. I resented this program from before the credits had finished rolling. <laughs> <laughs> you would enjoy the credits of episode two even more, in which it is just a montage of everything that happens in episode one condensed down to like a minute and a half with the deep bassy tones of a voiceover guy doing the recap. I saw that quite a few times trying to get the first episode to play from the (laughs) fucking beginning. (laughs) In a time when mutants aren't a thing, one geneticist tracks down the special ones. Except X-Men's already a thing because we referenced it. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, because... In The Walking Dead, zombie films don't exist. I think that's kind of established. In Star Trek, there's no such thing as Star Trek. In Heroes, there is such a thing as X-Men, and people refer to specific issues of the comic book. Although, according to IMDb, they got it wrong. (laughs) Because why make a nerdy reference and not double-check your sources? Yeah, you said before there wasn't really... There's kind of hints of a plot, because one of the X-Men in this has the power of painting the future. He's got a mutation on the can you paint the future gene. <laughs> I found that way too funny. Sorry. <laughs> that was great. And one of his paintings is a season ending apocalypse. That painting is the only element of peril other than you know, my multiple personalities have killed two people. It's like the only peril really introduced other than self-induced by Peter jumping off a building because I think I can fly. Yeah, the, I was going to say there's that dude who's going to fail the Matrix test. 
But it's okay, his, his brother, brother can already doesn't. fly. Yeah, it just turns out Anthony Weiner, who is his brother, can already fly. I mean, there are some classic powers in this opening yeah. episode. So you've got the cheerleader who can, who's Wolverine. Yeah, I, I called her Girl Logan, but that's going to be confusing, isn't it? I called her <laughs> Captain Jack. If by classic you mean all the tropes, all the cliched ones. All the tropes. Well, hang on a minute, because there's... All right, what have we got? There's see the future, there's teleport, there's fly, there's mutant healing factor. What's... I don't even... Not even... Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Is that what it is? I thought... it. Yeah, well, I said, is she a werewolf? Or maybe Hulk? Maybe. I wrote down Hulk slash Jekyll and Hyde woman, because I don't know her name. Or maybe she's just got a super sinister guardian angel. We were just totally convinced that her superpower was split personality disorder. Quite a few of them seem like their superpower is um, paranoid schizophrenia. Yeah. (laughs) In episode two, we also meet overweight cop who keeps failing the detective's exam, but develops telepathy and so saves a child and then gets arrested because they think he kidnapped the child to begin with. And did it so that he could get his promotion. Right, one, I had forgotten about that. Two, it's inadmissible as evidence because that's from episode two and we only watched episode one. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch any more than I was supposed to. Also, telepathy is probably inadmissible as evidence in a court of law. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, Nathan, you got this absolutely spot on when you called it peak 2000s, particularly with the whole teen angst subplot. Oh, I'm going to go and run into a burning train. Make sure you film it on this camcorder, which uses video cassette. I actually don't know if YouTube existed or not at this point, but it definitely wasn't a path to semi-sustainable careers through your 20s. I mean, I'm not sure if it did, because in their kitchen, they did have a small TV with a VHS player built in. I mean, I think they were dead before YouTube came along. Technology really dates this series. YouTube was founded in 2005, although it wasn't bought out by Google by that point. But the other thing with that is that I had a camcorder at that point, and that had a hard drive in it. It didn't even have a cassette. <laughs> yeah, I I wrote down this is peak 2006 television and then went back to check later when it was actually made, and I think the answer is 2006. Yep. Yeah, it's 2006. It's, the West Wing is kind of staggering into its senescence, and Lost is teaching J.J. Abrams that you can just start sentences without really figuring out how they're going to end. <laughs> Much to all of our delight, as the years have worn on. So I know this was pre-iPhone, but I mean, even iPhones didn't record video for the first generation or so. But mobile phones could definitely record video at this point. It didn't necessarily need a camcorder, but... Yeah, definitely. It wasn't great video, but I don't think video record onto cassette tape is great either is it i don't know but it was also really expensive to send a video message back in the day because you know data yeah video message is unthinkable you had to rush in your texts yeah (laughs) kids will never know the hardship of having to communicate solely in tweets I mean, what was even worse is having a phone which only had enough capacity to store 10 text messages. That's 10 <laughs> sent or received and one in the draft buffer. <laughs> and by children, I mean, I include you in this, John. Yeah, I don't remember that. <laughs> I do have a question about technology. What is it with Americans are putting spinny death hand-mincing machines down the plug hole in the, in the kitchen? 
Oh, that was so upsetting. Yeah, I, I did look away from that. <laughs> I didn't that. like it. Girl Logan is extremely over her having superpowers already. And yeah, near the end of the scene, jams a hand in a garbage disposal just cause. But where does it go? I don't understand the concept of a garbage disposal in the sink. In the Flintstones, it was a little elephant thing under the sink that they used to just suck it in their trunk and then eat it. Yeah. So. so is that what it is in all American houses? Yeah, I'm assuming okay. it's just the same. So do you put everything in it? This is what I don't understand. Is it just for food? You don't Can, put do you forks put... down there. Yeah, the, the, con- just food. the concept is that you whatever goes in there gets turned into a thin enough paste that it can just be flushed away in the general drainage system, whether that be oh. food waste or... Fingers. Paper wraps or, yeah, your own hand or a silver spoon or whatever. But that's not good for the the system, is it? I mean, probably not. If there's one thing you can say about uh, abusing a common resource to slightly improve your own standard of living, it's very American. I mean, True. Fun fact, if you're installing a toilet on like the ground level and there's no significant run to get your pipe at a good angle for stuff to flow downhill... You can get a macerator and put it on the outlet, which does the same thing. Unless you've been eating a lot of fibre, you know, a macerator (laughs) has got a lot less to contend with than fingers. Apparently the makers of, I don't know, Acme Waste Disposal in sync. What's the... I'm completely blanking on this phrase now. (laughs) Sarlacc, there you go. Sarlacc brand waste (laughs) disposal. Um, saw an early cut of the episode and said, yeah, we're going to need you to take our brand off the scene immediately before someone gets their hand turned into a lump of mints. <laughs> I know she gets better, we still don't like it. The only thing I liked about that scene was that the, it's precipitated by the fact that she drops her ring down there, so just shoves her hand in there. And then when she takes it out, the hand is completely mangled, except for the finger and thumb that are holding the ring. And they, she holds that ring all the way through the scene as it knits itself back together, as if to go, see, I didn't need to move anything for this to work. <laughs> it just did it. I feel like if that was a mutation that you could have, it probably would have come up in evolution before now. <laughs> yeah. I do. In the pretentious opening voiceover, which, is that Mahinda? I think it is. Who is yeah. some dude who does not have superpowers, but has strong opinions about them. He's a geneticist. He's a geneticist. A second generation geneticist. Yeah. <laughs> um, he lists one of the superpowers he lists is tissue renewal or something similar, by which he means mutant healing factor. But I wrote down tissue healing is a superpower everyone has, except for some very poorly people. I think in much later episodes, I remember watching the original run and she's in a biology car- class and they're learning about lizards that. Um, whose tails fall off and then completely regrow. And she's like, oh, maybe that's similar to what happens to me. So the, the, at least they tried to ground that, in fact. But it's not, because when her ribs were poking out, she had to push them back in. Surely, if that was the case, what you want to do is snap them off. Hmm. I think she was actively looking to see, from that point, if she could like start chopping herself up and just regrow body parts to donate for money or shit. I mean, not to be too daddish, but she really ought to send an email, if those exist yet, to like the head of biology at some local university and say, hey, I think we might have a Nobel Prize each. <laughs> <laughs> because we might be able to send all trauma wards the same way as amputations with a meat saw. 
Hey, I just happen to have a universal blood type, and I can regrow kidneys at will, so <laughs> have at it. <laughs> uh, we found a vaccine for hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing my wife pointed out was that she started watching it, she was like, so is she going to be in a cheerleader outfit for the entirety of this series? Is that just the selling point? And it's like, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Or are they gonna, all going to get Avengers time uniforms in two or three episodes? From the non-admissible episode two, she does then dress like a 40-something-year-old housewife that's trying to make herself look 20. So, <laughs> the answer to that was no. We haven't talked about Mr. Bennett, who is the big bad that we start that we meet in episode one? Glasses man. I called him Glasses man. I called him Agent Smith because he drops the name Smith and Anderson while talking to someone. I did think that. He's not the big bad though. Big bad doesn't even come into episode three. That's not admissible. <laughs> I didn't watch it. I just Wikipedia'd it. <laughs> He's the big bad in terms of. He is the government, or the Men in Black version of Mutant Hunter. He's Cobra Bubbles. I th- yeah, <laughs> I think I think a lot of the time he's referred to as Horn Rim Glasses Guy, but obviously we know that he's Claire Bennett's adopted dad, and I don't know if we oh. ever learn his real name later on. But I just started calling him Gordon because Gordon Bennett seemed like a good fit for. But he doesn't actually do anything threatening other than vaguely intimate that he knows who one of the people is. And it's not even one of the mutants. Yeah. No, but he was in Mahinda's dad's house and was starting to raid it for information. Oh, was that the same person? I did not get that. Neither did I. He then just so happened to track down Mahinda in the States. I thought the first time you saw him was that weird shot through the back of his glasses in the taxi. And I was like, this dude's a bad guy. And then the other guy ran away and I was like, see, told you he was a bad guy. He was totally the agent that was rummaging through Mahinda's dad's apartment in India after Mahinda just learned that his dad had mysteriously died in a car accident in New York where he was driving a cab. Mahinda's... Dad's apartment was in New York, wasn't it? Was it? The second one was. What? <laughs> the first, the first one where he saw Mister Bennett because he was he went to like pick up some stuff from his dad. He wanted all the notes, and then he heard a voice in the other room. Yeah. Because Gordon Bennett thought he was entirely alone and was reporting into HQ. And he took the pin out of the map. He pulls the pin out of the map, which does not have any red string on it, unfortunately. Yeah, for New York. No, that annoyed me. <laughs> All the other pins had string on. And then he went into another apartment in New York, which was also yep. his dad's. Which his dad was renting week to week because uh... he'd been tracing these genetic anomalies and figured that he'd found a cluster of them in New York and other places in America. Which I guess he picked up on his gene scanner? I don't I don't know. In episode two, they find a portable hard drive which is just a small usb stick that's been hidden in a lizard's terrarium and they plug it in and there's just no the the four letters that combine to make up dna scrolling across the bottom of the screen he just goes this is it this is how he found them this is his algorithm you're like his algorithm is a txt file (laughs) pretty much (laughs) like sure i mean while we're talking science 
they say genetics lots of times throughout this, but there's also some implication that there's an eclipse is something to do with this. I yeah, the, the, I have no idea. That was very vague. The eclipse is in the title of the. It's the Owen heroes. Mm. Yes, the logo. So I was thinking, oh, it's aliens because the eclipse is important. So this whole thing, the whole time, must be aliens. Well, spoiler, it might be because whatever it is, it is definitely not the moon going in front of the sun. (laughs) Because it's in Tokyo, New York, Texas and Las Vegas all at the same time, or at least on the same day. Yeah. This confused me because when that happened, I thought it was a reveal that all these events that they had been cutting between were happening in different years or at least oh, like the, different, the different eclipses and then like a, yeah. yeah different eclipses and then a, at some point after that or possibly before because i wasn't paying enough attention one of them kind of walks out and buys a newspaper off the other one and looks at it and says yep that is today's date we're happening on the same day i mean i, I figured that it was just seeing a partial eclipse in different places because there was a conversation between peter and mahinda in the taxi yeah in which he describes an eclipse very inaccurately yeah, he goes, ah, oh, there's an eclipse, and Mahinda's like, yeah, but it's not going to be a full one, not here, but it will be somewhere in the world. A global event. <laughs> it makes us all feel very small. There, There is no such thing as a global eclipse, that can't happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously just a plot device to tie it into paint the future heroin addict, to then put some time pressure on, considering there was no other pressure, because there was no no hostile force shown in this at all. You leave Captain Rios alone. Okay? Yeah. He is a dis- Don't he's talk a about Emmett artist. that way. <laughs> is that why he's so broken in Discovery? Because he, he's been dealing with the, you know, a long, 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 long come down from heroin addiction. <laughs> yeah. Like a few thousand year long come down. Oh, it's only 400 years. Picard, Picard is just a, just a paint the future hallucination. <laughs> It's all inside a painting. <laughs> Would not be the stupidest end of a Full Star circle. Trek season. <laughs> True. Turns out it's all been a hero spin-off. <laughs> <laughs> that would be ballsy. I'll this whole time. Wait, is that does that mean <gasps> Spock in yeah. the reboot timeline is literally Siler, who Nathan doesn't know about because he only watched episode one. He's not even introduced to episode three, and he is oh. the big bad. I literally wrote down three times, when does Spock arrive? Because all I know about Heroes is Jess from Gilmore Girls is in it, and so is Spock. Is this Abram Spock? And I thought it was Aliens. Yeah, it is Abram Spock. Yeah, Zachary Quinto. Which I did have to giggle at when they started referencing Spock and Star Trek. With yeah. Hero and his his mate, not Hero. Yeah, we, we haven't talked about Hero very much. He's the teleport and also time travel, which is probably going to ruin the series for me, guy. I mean, I say ruin the series for me. I started out unpleased and I haven't got more so. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming you're not going to come back to this. That doesn't really spoil series one so much as it does make series two very, very weird when he jumps back in time to medieval Japan and goes wandering around with a ginger English dude. Who's the ginger English dude? Because that... My enjoyment of it will bear on who plays the ginger English dude. So I'd like to know that before I make a decision as to whether I'm, I watch. Oh god, two I'm seasons. struggling with the name. The guy from Monty Python and Faulty Towers who was subsequently in Jade Empire as a ginger English dude in quotes not ancient Japan because it was quotes not ancient China. I mean that's almost certainly incorrect, but I'm going to say it anyway. 
Um, I think it's David Anders, who actually is not English. I think he's American. Hero was roughly the only character I did not take an intense dislike to quite early on. I was neutral towards hapless, has-a-bike high school guy. (laughs) And I also wrote down at one point, leave Normie Mom alone. (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't really feel a lot good or bad about anyone. I mean, we enjoyed Hot Vegas Mum, but mostly because we've been watching Rookie with Nathan Fillion in it, and she plays um, his love interest in season two, who's a doctor. And uh, my wife saw the name and went, oh, she's in it. She's really good in Rookie. I wonder what she's like in this. And then it's literally like, bam, there she is in her underwear being a hot cam mum. And we're just like, well... This this took a turn. <laughs> that's that's not how we anticipated being introduced to her. That's not what I was expecting. Completely changes the other show I've been watching. Question: Did they all just develop these powers on the eclipse day? No. So the the eclipse day is the day that episode twenty three of the season happens on. So it all builds up to that. So they've all got the powers. Varying amount, varying amount of times before then. But hold on, the guy looks out yeah. of a taxi at an eclipse currently happening. And Hero yeah. looks up at the sky at an eclipse. Are there two eclipses in one month in this? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think this eclipse is meant to be slowly happening. It's a, it's a multi-day eclipse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the... F- I could have sworn the eclipse was like the, the summation, or the, the summation, the climax of the whole season. I mean, it's an eclipse that you can see in Tokyo and New York. He's He's definitely watching it in the taxi. And she picks up the... The camera thing that the kid the has made. The pinhole camera, yeah. Yeah, and looks at the eclipse from inside her house. <laughs> I mean, that didn't make any fucking sense at all. She didn't leave the dining room. She just looked at the camera. So maybe it was just a photograph on top of a box that she was looking at, and she's a fucking idiot. Yeah, she's the mum of super genius kid who... Yes has made two things, a pinhole camera, which is a box with a hole in it, and also a logic board. And the program very much presents those two as equal achievements. Yes. <laughs> well, to be fair, you don't need to be able to build a pinhole camera to be President of the United States. So, no, just look know. straight at no, it. Just, just look at it with your naked eyes. Squint a bit. I mean, safety first. Maybe put your hand up. I haven't been able to find who plays the ginger guy in season two, but our favourite helmsman is in season two. Sulu himself, George Takei. At first I thought you were talking about Prince Harry and then helmsman presumably (laughs) Prince William. (laughs) But neither of them were Sulu, I'm almost certain. (laughs) I liked Hero. I am slightly worried that this might be horribly racist against Japanese people. <laughs> because you liked him. Because of the, Mostly because of the line where someone says, you're not special, you're Japanese. <laughs> yes, I couldn't remember if that was episode one or episode two. That was his, uh, his buddy. But yeah, I don't know if that's a kind of gentle self-ribbing from the Japanese act, real Japanese actors on set, or if that was in the script. Bearing in mind that the script did include the words hentai, manga, and bonsai. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got it with no talking comic books and they translated manga as comic books and I'm like I turned to that I was like did they just translate manga as comic books because I, I I feel that they are two very different things 
if this is from 2006, the word Japanimation is not 100% out of the public consciousness yet. <laughs> but I really, I, I really like the premise of being just random out of a phone book people from all over the globe. Unfortunately, it's just a big pile of stuff that happens. It's very random and disjointed. Chapter one is definitely the, you are going to get these five minute snippets of these 12 people's lives and a hint that they are slightly different from the rest of people. There was 12 of them? Probably not. It felt like there was 12 of them. There was probably only six. Oh, see, you saying 12, I entirely believed you, but was also <laughs> like, shit, there were 12 of them? Yeah. Cheerleader, schizophrenic woman, Peter and his brother. Captain Rios. Hero and Rios. Rios's girlfriend. No, we see a snippet of her life, but only because she interacts with Peter and then with Rios. So, so I think there's only six. Six mutants, we see. I mean, that does escalate as the season goes on. I've just been having a look through the season one plot summary. At no point in any of the episodes does it mention the eclipse. <laughs> it's like a really pointless plot device that doesn't make any sense. But it looks cool and it fits in with the uh, the logotype. Yeah. It's just something that's happening. I think someone was like, this would look cool as an O in the word heroes. <laughs> we should do that. And then someone else thought, oh shit, we forgot to put it in the script. Oh, there's just one happening. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> so they could have quite easily tied that in with building up the, the tension for the end of the series. You have the painting of the end of the world with the eclipse going on. It's like, oh, oh yeah, we know there's an eclipse at the end of the month. Oh shit, we've got a month to work out what we're going to do. Which is another thing that wasn't even in the fucking pilot. No, save the cheerleaders, save the world, like the tagline for the series. Not even in the first <laughs> episode, or probably even the second one. I've heard that before. Wasn't in the second episode either. I have no idea what that's a reference to. Is that because Girl Logan is the key or something? Without going... F Do you want full spoiler? I mean... Fuck it. Let's go full spoiler. Let's go full spoiler. Okay, this is from memory from about ten years ago when I actually watched it. So the Siler, who you've not met yet, his mutant power is stealing other mutant powers and he basically tries to get the full set. He's rogue. Yeah, I'm... Also fairly sure that's not how genes work. Maybe it is how magic eclipses work, I don't know. Someone works out that if he steals all the powers, he will turn into a human bomb and explode. But they've also worked out that if he also then has the mutant healing factor, he will then regenerate and be able to kill everyone. So they have to try and kill him before he becomes unkillable. Therefore, they need to keep him away from the cheerleader. Okay. I think this is all spouted by a version of Hero who's come from like five months in the future. Oh, God. Yeah, and speaks fluent English and yeah, does all the plot exposition. Oh, handy. It is laid out in episode two when he's arrested in New York that he can't speak English very well at all. Apart from hello, Yankees, hello, New York. I don't speak English very well. And no, 2nd of October. So I would just like to point out, last week we did Lilo and Stitch and spent very little time talking about Lilo and Stitch. This time, heroes, not particularly fans, and we spent a lot of time talking about heroes. Yeah, I, I said early on that we fell off the opposite end of the um, bell curve. Turns out that bell curve doesn't exist. It's a straight decline. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so much that, no, obviously, it's not that we didn't enjoy it, because we then went on to watch episode two, and now we're like, 
well, I kind of want to know where this goes, so maybe we should watch the rest of the series. It's just that episode one was such a hard sell. Yeah, there were no hooks. I mean, back in the day when TV only happened like once a week anyway, you would have needed a little bit of a hook, but you could have gone, eh, I'll give it a week and you know, see what happens. But in the, the age of binge-watching entire seasons, I'm sorry, but I I probably wouldn't have watched more than episode one <laughs> if I didn't want to get some context. And episode two then made me want to watch a bit more. The cliffhanger of episode one, where literally you don't know if the main character lives or dies, did not make me a person with the entire series at my disposal want to watch episode two. <laughs> so I can't imagine that if I'd had to wait a week and had to sit down at a specific time to watch it that I would have. But the, the jealous younger brother who is tired of being in his older brother who's running for Congress's shadow. <laughs> and now his brother can fly. <laughs> when he saw a painting of him presumably falling to his death and thought, I can fly! <laughs> the casting for it, there are a lot of people that I recognised. So many people. I did not recognise anyone. <laughs> no? I recognised a few. The cheerleader was just recognisable. The guy that was running the video camera I was like i know that face where do i know it turns out he was john connor in one of the terminator reboots hot vegas mum we knew um the kid was franklin in some tv comedy that i can't remember the name of because you know it was just one of them things that was on every afternoon episode two which introduces the policeman um, you'll recognise from the newer Star Wars movies because he's uh, an X-Wing pilot. I mean, I'm unlikely to recognise a random X-Wing pilot, I'm going to tell you now. He's Snap! Yeah, he starts off as a random X-Wing pilot and then becomes like second in command by the end of the film that you've not actually watched yet. Because <laughs> he's great. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, Spock turns up later on. Our favourite moment of... Ooh, I know that person came from when they was watching when Vegas mum drops off her kid with her friend and we had to pause it because my wife was going, I know her. Where do I know her from? Turns out she was Miss Texas from Miss Congeniality. And I was like, what? All right, John Loving, I would not have got that. <laughs> you go ahead and recognise your side characters from side characters. So it's just looking at Hayden Panettiere's like, filmography. That's the girl that plays the cheerleader. She's been in loads of stuff, none of which I've heard of. Yeah, man, there's a lot of media being made. That's kind of the point of the programme. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard of Scream, the franchise. Yeah, but Scream 4. Yeah, there's like eight or something. Scream Fast, Scream Furious. <laughs> Tokyo Scream. Tokyo Scream. This time it's personal. Scrum. Two Scream, Two Fright. I do want to put Jaws 4 on the list at some point. We can have a <laughs> films that killed the franchise season. <laughs> Michael Caine's in that one. Uh, is that the one where they're on the random desert island away from everything and the child of one of the Jaws sharks or the mother of one of the Jaws sharks comes to chase after the wife of the guy from the first movie and take vengeance on his family? Is that number four? That sounds roughly right. Yeah, 
a child of a shark from New England swims to the Bahamas in pursuit of a plane which is carrying the relative of someone who was involved in the first film, who has flashbacks to events at which she was not present. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> wow. Michael Caine swims from a boat to shore and is completely bone dry. Yeah, that's the one. Having never seen any of the Jaws films, for all I know, they're all like that. But the first Jaws is good. The thing I like is that Jaws has, as a franchise had such a steep decline and that the, one of the Back to the Future films was made in between Jaws 1 and Jaws 4 and therefore confidently predicted that by 2015 we'd all be watching Jaws 25. <laughs> <laughs> In 3D hologram. In 3D hologram, yeah. Jaws 2 is the one in the water park. Oh, I don't know. I, you're describing Deep Blue Sea for all I know. <laughs> Isn't Jaws 2 the one where the kids end up floating across all the way across the Atlantic and find the electrical cable and get the shark to bite into that? Uh, might be, in which case, I didn't enjoy Shark 2 as much as I did 3, of which Deep Blue Sea took much of its uh, artistic licensing from. As fun as this is, this is for another season. We're we're at risk of <laughs> discussing more about Jaws than we are about Heroes, which would imply that we quite liked Heroes, when it turns out, in fact, we did not. No, we need to talk about Heroes. <laughs> I mean, I think at this stage, do, is there anything we need to say or do we need to talk about what we, who's rolling the dice? My absolute most favourite line from this was when Heroes' friend literally said... Yeah, that's right. You're now a superhero. <laughs> I bet that's a pun in English. Even the translation was it was like super then hero spelt as his name and it was like that's just that's pretty, that sold it for me. <laughs> I'm content. Go and read the book Snow Crash. The main character of that is called Hero Protagonist. <laughs> My question is, are you going to watch more of this or in Dan's case have you already? And if not, what are you going to watch instead? We're probably going to binge watch the rest of at least season 1 just to work out what happens. Or at least two more episodes to see if we want to watch the rest of it. Because we've finished binge-watching 14 seasons of Criminal Minds. So, you know, our calendar's empty. Man, not having children. (laughs) I kind of remember it. (laughs) I may or may not pick up some old X-Men comics instead. (laughs) Or go on to Disney Plus and watch the uh, early 2000s X-Men cartoons. Great idea. I am fact, not I going I'm... to continue watching it. I might just revisit Sensei because all I could think through this episode was Sensei did this way better. Well, it is a mutant thing. They are there are higher evolved humans, but just every episode of Sensei, you're like, what the fuck is going on? I don't know what's happening. But you know who the bad guys are straight away. You pretty much know what they want and why they want it. And you like all of the characters. Or Mm. at least I did. Yes, there's loads of little side plot lines going on, but they're all compelling. Like, you don't resent having to sit through ten minutes of kind of waffle that doesn't feel important because it's fun waffle and interesting waffle. You don't, unlike me in this episode, keep writing down stuff like, don't walk on train tracks. (laughs) (laughs) Don't take loans from the mob. What are you thinking? (laughs) Honestly, paying for private school in the first place wasn't a great idea, but definitely don't borrow from the mob to do it. To be fair, she didn't borrow from the mob to pay for private schooling. She borrowed from the mob to pay 25 grand as a donation on top of her tuition fee, because apparently that's how you get into private school. She could have at least done what Forrest Gump's mum did and just shagged the headmaster. I mean, it would have caused fewer problems down the line. What about you then, Paul? What are you watching? The inside of my eyelids. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, having children I definitely remember that 
<laughs> right. Someone needs to find D twenty then. Dan, this was your choice. You can see what to inflict us inflict us next time. I have the list open. Okay. Four. Roll again. That was the Walking Dead. Nope. Seventeen. Feels familiar. Roll again. That was Babylon Five. <laughs> Seventeen. Feels familiar. <laughs> Eight. Eight. Roll again. That was Heroes. Oh, Fuck's sake. Nine. Nine. Ah, Feels good. By your command. Battlestar Galactica. So, this is not the original 1960s film. Not the follow-on 1960s TV series. Not the early 2000s three-part mini-series. But the first episode of the actual follow-on series, of which I think there were five. Is this the one where there's a woman in a red dress? Yes. That's the Matrix. That's all I know about it, then. I was going to say, that that's the Matrix. Uh, Caprica 6. Trisha Heifer in a red dress. I mean, that does apply to the, the three-part miniseries as well. But yeah, series one, episode one. Yeah, The episode name is 33 in numerals. I am not quite sure what to think of this, but I'm looking forward to finding out. I remember really enjoying this back in today. I really enjoyed it. And I think that's why I know that there's something to do with a woman in a red dress. And maybe robots? I mean, it is Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that. With the, with the Cylons, with the little kit, I go, vroom, vroom, None vroom, of this means anything vroom. to me. And whenever they get ordered to do something, by your command... Kit the car. Kit the car. <laughs> Man, I think we need to definitely add the original Battlestar Galactica film to Joanne's repertoire. Oh, yeah, if only for the little robot fuzzy dog. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I so wanted one of those. Yes, what? me too. No, I'm lost now. <laughs> I'm glad it's not just me. I think you're describing K9 from Doctor Who. No, K9's not fuzzy. No, he's not, is he? He's an ambulatory bread bin. Yeah. There was a toy around in the like early 2000s that was like a little robot dog that had fluffy parts and it could just about walk and also make itself fall over. It was supposed to flip, but it just always fell over. And I didn't have one because they were too expensive. Muffet. Looks like Dan is busy Googling so I don't have to. <laughs> it was called Muffet and the photos of it I found are horrific. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were describing an Ibo at first, but the semi-furry thing sounds like it might be from the realm of nightmares instead. No, it's more from the realm of shit robots that you need to fit a small human being inside. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh, there's a child hugging it! Is there really a chimpanzee inside it? Wait, what? Oh no! Yeah, that is unsettling. It's not got a small human in it, guys. It's got a chimpanzee inside. Right. We're not watching that one. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, but I have found a picture of the little toy dogs. We could watch that instead, but it would cha- it, it's an hour and a half instead of 45 minutes. <laughs> Very disturbed by this weird room. Oh, no, but that's got a human hand. Wow. Oh, no, it's it a really monkey has. hand. Right, can we please stop this now? Because sorry. this is all prime, prime material for next week that we've already used up. <laughs> sorry, <on>. sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, quite. I had to go to my happy place to try and escape <laughs> for a nightmare. That's it for this week, peeps. Tune in next time for more remedial nerding.